the sable church of Londor, perhaps Koth's final Hail Mary to extinguish the flame. Thus begins the manipulation of the three sisters, who would go on to found this black church. But still, we find rooted in their principles ideologies mirrored from the goddess of sin, Velka, who, though long dead and gone, guides her daughters towards creating their haven for hollows. Sleep well, and allow me to spin you the tale of a black and hollowed church. But first, this video is brought to you by the join button. The join button, found next to the subscribe one, allows you to support my channel a step further, with multiple different tiers of support. But regardless of which tier you choose, you'll receive a badge next to your name in the comments, exclusive emojis, and access to ad-free versions of all past and future Lord Asleep 2 videos. Click the join button to learn more. So, this theory revolves around the idea that the three sisters, Alfreda, Uria, and Lillianne, that founded the Sable Church of Londor are Velka's daughters. And though we know the church was likely figureheaded by Koth, for when Uria is killed, she says, Koth, I have failed thee, I still believe their mother's principles are clung to by them, even if they're being manipulated to an ulterior motive. Let's start by looking into the similarities Londor shares with Velka. First is the Miracle Vow of Silence, which in Dark Souls 1 reads, Secret Rite of Black-Haired Witch Velka Velka, the goddess of sin, is a rogue deity, but she is versed in arts both new and old, and is considered to have a great range of influence, even as gods are concerned. So, the Vow of Silence is Velka's secret rite which is important to note. It's also important to understand what a miracle is, which we can learn from the Heal Miracle. It reads, To cast a miracle, the caster learns a tale of the gods and says a prayer to be blessed by its revelations. So, a miracle is a tale, and to cast it, you're essentially reciting a scripture of sorts which means Vow of Silence is the secret scripture of Velka. Now, Vow of Silence can be acquired in Dark Souls 3 as well, after it's found within the Londor Braille Divine Tome, and its description reads, A Braille Tome of Londor, first spoken by Lillian of the Sable Church. Give this to a storyteller to learn the miracles of Londor, this is a forbidden tome, as it offers salvation to all hollows, and conversely curses all things living. So, the miracles, or at least a miracle, of Londor is a secret tale of the Goddess of Sin. Given the context, that's already a pretty solid connection, but still, it's just one, and we don't want to leave anything up to coincidence. So, let's look into more connections. Next, we'll visit Oswald, 
Velka's partner that we meet in Dark Souls 1. Now I want to read two descriptions, the black cleric robe and Velka's rapier. The black cleric robe reads, robe worn by partners serving Velka, the goddess of sin. The partner's attire is uniformly black in color and said to be imbued with Velka's mystical power, which provides resistance against all manner of magic. And Velka's rapier states, a symbolic powerful thrusting sword used by the partner serving Velka, goddess of sin. It is no mere symbol to be sure. The partner is an inhuman swordsman and wields this enchanted blade with a special sword technique. Let's start with the rapier, and the important part I want to take from this is that the partner is an inhuman swordsman. Now, inhuman can mean a couple of different things, mainly lacking in human qualities, which is a laundry list in itself. But it could refer to being compassionless, or surpassing the normal human skills with the blade. Now, I pondered on this for a bit, but I think the Mask of Velka helps us answer the question. It reads, Mask worn by the partner serving Velka, the goddess of sin. The partners listen to the confessions of sinners, urging reflection and salvation. Their masks symbolize separation from worldly desires. I believe that rules out the partner being compassionless if he's urging reflection and salvation. But of course the compassionless could be a reference specifically about his swordsmanship alone. But suffice to say, I think we can take from the description that he's talented with a blade. Now, the reason I bring up followers of Velka being particularly skilled with the blade is because of two more item descriptions. The Vow of Silence from Londor's Tome and the Black Gauntlets. The Vow of Silence reads, Miracle of the Sable Church of Londor. Members of the Sable Church are all trained swordsmen each sworn only to their weapons as they bear the leaden silence of Londor. And the Black Gauntlets say, Attire of the three mentors of the Sable Church of Londor. These Black Gauntlets are hidden by the dress. It is apparent that the women in black were highly skilled fencers, capable of founding the Sable Church between just the three of them. So, the three sisters who found the Black Church share similar attributes to the partner who served Velka, being highly skilled with the blade. It is interesting that the Gauntlet's descriptions mention specifically that they were highly skilled fencers, considering the partner's preferred weapon in Velka's rapier, which is similar to weapons used in fencing, particularly epée. But we do know that Yuria, at least, does not use a rapier-style weapon. She uses a katana called Dark Drift, which reads, A cursed sword with an unseen blade, 
the choice weapon of Yuria of Londor. Yuria, a mentor of the Sable Church and accomplished swordswoman, is said to have claimed a hundred lives with this weapon. So the description serves to further drive home the point that she was very skilled with the blade. But what's interesting about Darkdrift is the black feathers attached to the hilt of the blade, and we all know how well Velka is synonymous with the crow. Next, we can simply look at the aesthetic of the Sable Church of Londor compared to Velka and her partners. First, we have the all-black attire and the build and beak-like masks. The Londor set even has some sort of chainmail that appears as dark feathers. And I don't want to spend too much time on it because I think the visual similarities to one another and the aesthetics of Velka are pretty apparent. Now, let's talk about the church itself, the sisters' motivations behind it, and what's happened thus far. So, we know from behind the scenes, Koth is pulling the strings. It's been no secret of his that he wishes for the flame to die out and an age of man to be ushered in. Though his reasoning is unknown, and I suppose irrelevant to what we're talking about. But it seems he's moved on from the whole singular Dark Lord thing, and instead made an entire fanatical religion out of it to find the Lord of Hollows. And together, they could all usher in the Age of Man. But with Koth's manipulations or not, the Black Church, headed by the sisters, I believe still share the same sentiments that Velka did. The painted world was always a home for those with none, a haven for the forlorn. Who are more homeless and forlorn in the world of Dark Souls than the hollows cursed and left to rot by the gods they served? The Sable Church of Londor seeks to create a haven, an entire age dedicated to hollowing humanity. In essence, the same principle as the Painted World applied to the entire world. Where else do we find Velka's very statue to offer pardoning and salvation than within the heart of the undead settlement? The sentiment is the same. We know the eldest of the sisters, Elfrida, who now resides within the Painted World of Ariandel, after becoming an Ashen One herself. Her failure with the flame was likely a result of her attempting to become the Lord of Hollows and wrest the flame from its mantle, putting an end to the Age of Fire. But it seems that she failed. And when the bells tolled, she stirred once more. But her convictions had faltered and she was drawn into the world of the Forlorn. Now, I'm of the mind that the sisters didn't know of the Painted World. When Frida makes her way into the Painted World and assumes the position of its leader, we see that all of the statues have been vandalized, 
and to me the statues in the painted world can only be of Velka. And the only other person it could be is Priscilla. But I think we would know if it was her. But all of these statues have been smashed in varying degrees, including the one of Velka and a small child that we also see in the painted world of Ariamis in Dark Souls 1, which may be Velka and one of her daughters, or maybe Velka and a young Priscilla. And perhaps it's Frida smashing these statues because she discovered her mother's secrets, and how she was more of a mother to these people than to her. But of course that is all circumstantial but I think it's an interesting thought to consider within this theory, especially if we look at Frida's Great Scythe description, which reads, In the painting, the scythe is a symbol of a long-lost home, possibly explaining Elfrida's preference for it. So that could tie Frida and her sisters to Velka, considering the painting could possibly resemble their long-lost home, but I digress. Now, we do know that Frida and Father Ariandel screwed the painted world up pretty badly, but I don't think that was their intent, at least not Frida's. The ordained dress she wears reads, After renouncing everything, Frida discovered a people that she wished to protect, and assumed the precise form that they yearned for. The renouncing everything, obviously a reference to her abandoning her sisters and the Sable Church, but she did wish to protect the denizens of the painting. My thought is that after being mentored and guided by Koth for so long, she simply didn't trust in fire, and thus would not allow it to consume this world. But of course we know the painting works differently than the real world. But as I'm speaking of this, I can already feel myself going deeply down the rabbit hole, so let's get back on topic. Finally, we can look at other circumstances that help tie the sisters and their church to Velka. There is the Miracle Atonement, which reads, Miracle given to those cast out from the Sable Church of Londor. This is the only tale known by exiles, who believe it carries words of forgiveness. Cursed journeys, too, must come to an end. So, another tale from the Black Church that is on par with what Velka stood for. Atonement. Forgiveness. Being pardoned of one's sins. Then there is the Ring of Sacrifice, which reads, The mystical ring was created in a sacrificial rite of Velka, the goddess of sin. And this ring can only be purchased from Uria or from the Shrine Handmaiden, but only after she's been given Yuria's ashes. I think all of these things tied together make a pretty strong case for the Sable Church of Londor being directly connected to Velka and or her teachings and ideologies. 
Of course, the three sisters don't necessarily have to be considered her daughters for Velka to be considered a mother of the Sable Church, just given how much they resemble her. And if I may submit one more piece of evidence, if we look at Velka's rare ring of sacrifice, not his description, but the actual ring, within it we see three robed humanoid figures. And if you're keen to believe that Velka mothered the three sisters of Londor, then I suppose you have an idea of who those robed figures within the ring could be.